Hey everyone, it's Hollister. Yay, back for another round of Screen Thoughts podcasting. And I'm really excited actually today. I have Frances here. And you have all heard about Frances on prior podcasts. She actually works with us. And hi, Frances. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Okay, she's a millennial. I don't want to say anything, but she's not like typical millennials that I often complain about. And we went yesterday as a group to see Booksmart. We did. And and what did you think? Well, more importantly, <laughs> I think, is what you thought. But it's not even a millennial movie. Like, it's the next generation after you. It's the generation graduating from high school now. And interestingly enough, Olivia Wilde, who directed this movie, she said she molded it after The Breakfast Club and then Clueless. I thought it was the movie we needed. It was, we need more movies, and Clueless was one of the first ones that came to mind. We need more movies that are not from the perspective of the popular girls. We needed the girls, oh. from, we needed movies, we need Wait, more Clueless movies. Clueless was popular girl. Right, we need more movies from the other side oh, of the I spectrum. See. We need more movies from the perspective of the girls that are not the most popular girls at school. They may have been sort of overlooked by others, by their, their fault or whoever's fault it was. They were overlooked and we need to see more of their perspective. So really, that's where that's the perspective that you came from in watching it. That was my first reaction right. to it. Well, when the movie ended and the lights went on, we saw a movie a couple weeks ago. We went and saw The Avengers on another uh, field trip. <laughs> Another So twice now I've been in the movies with Francis, and after this one yesterday, I'm like, I'm never going to the movies with you again. The Avengers was four hours of total violence and repetition and, you know, beat up scenes that were way too long, etc. And then we go into this yesterday. And a little I, bit different. It was, but you loved it. I really liked it. You thought it, it was funny. Thought from, it was, I was laughing the entire time. Yeah. I thought it was very funny. There were moments that were very funny. No question about it. There were quick lines that banter back and forth, mm-hmm. banter, banter, banter back and forth that Amy and Molly did, mostly the two of them. You know, Amy was played by Caitlin Deaver, by the way, who reminded me of a young Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. Haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, you on, haven't, see, you haven't seen Killing not, Eve? It's not. It's on okay. my list. Okay. But now well, I'll have to go watch it. She looks like her, but she also has the depth of Jodie Comer. Her facial expressions, the way she expresses herself, she waits just that extra moment before she utters a line, which I think works in this case. The problem was, I think her name is Beanie Fieldston, Mm -hmm. who played Molly. I don't think she was up to the task when sitting across from Caitlin Deaver, who was Amy. That's funny. I thought that Beanie Fieldston uh, really overshadowed Amy, I thought Amy was great, and I think that's really how it was supposed to come across. I was going to say, that was their personality, was one with such a bigger personality than the other. But I think they, I thought that they played what they were supposed to play, those two very different personalities. I thought they each played them actually very well. And something interesting, one of the things that really struck me was their friendship, their deep friendship, so I was curious to see if they had been friends before this had started. Reminded me of some of my friendships with my friends, maybe not to that extreme point, but they actually didn't really know each other at all and decided to live with each other. While they were filming? At the start of filming in a small apartment in West Hollywood and actually became best friends. And I think that really came through. You could see that bond and I... I didn't so you thought it fake. was an authentic presentation was, of true friendship. I thought yeah. it really was. Yeah. They knew each other better than anyone in the planet knew, yeah. knew them, or maybe more than they knew themselves. Well, you know, I didn't like the film, you know, and I also, there are two things I didn't like, and I want to get those over the, you know, out of the way before I go into what I did like, but 
I really dislike, especially in this moment in time when celebrities and wealthy people have bought their kids way into Ivy League schools. There was something, too, that was dangling that Ivy League as the only way to be, you know, the only college to go to. And the truth is, Ivy League schools are not for everyone. And not only that, I don't really think that most of America thinks, oh, my God, I got to get to an Ivy League school. And so the fact that even the kids who were not studiously, quote, losers were going to Ivy's, too, as if that was really everybody's goal in life, it just... That whole Ivy thing bothered me, even though I know that probably it has nothing to do with anything. But I think in today's political environment, it just was bothersome. You said that to me after the film. And at first I thought you were exactly right and that it didn't make sense. But I was thinking about it a little last night. And the point I I'm think... I'm so sorry that that's what you were thinking about. <laughs> I thought you should have better things to think I about. I think <laughs> the point they were trying to make, and I could be wrong, I think the point they were trying to make was not judging a book by its cover. It was these people that were, maybe didn't look the Ivy League part, yeah. but that's who they were, and that's what they were trying to come across. And I thought of a story that from my own high school experience, I became, who's one of my now very best friends, became friends with right before senior year, and I thought he was, that he was the guy who would buy us beer because he had his older brother's fake ID. <laughs> he was the total goofball, class clown. I didn't think he had a brain cell in his head. Come first or second week of senior year in an AP class we were all in, the teacher went around just conversationally asking where everyone was applying, and he just looked up and said, Cornell, early decision, and we all laughed, thinking he was kidding. He was not kidding. This guy is this huh. one of the smartest people I know, huh. super hardworking, and graduated top of his class at business school, and fifth in our high school class. So that just goes to show, you yeah. know, don't... And I think I like that's that. the point they I were like trying that. to make. Yeah, I like I like that that could be an option around that. I think that would be great, you know. But I don't know. The Ivy thing struck me wrong, and I'm sure it's because of the uh, how many articles mm-hmm. I've been reading about it all lately, you know. But secondly, I guess it just seemed to me that everything is still about drinking, sex, and it's like... It is. Uh, you know, is it? Tr- I just hoped. I mean, I'm 66 years old. I'd sort of hoped that things had moved along and they were more important. Than, but, but that's part of life. Yeah, I think it's part yeah. of the growing up experience. No, and irritating. I think that they wanted to reflect it from two point of views, sort of one from the kids who were doing this all through high school and ones that sort of developed that very late in life, in this girl's case, the night before graduation. Uh, and you know, and some people never get that experience, and I think it's very important. Well, it, yeah, absolutely, that makes makes total sense. But uh, the other thing is, I just want to say on a positive note, it's you know, women's friendships. I can't think of a film, maybe The Hangover, where men's friendships have such richness as women friendships do. And then when I thought about the hangover and I sort of went through and looked at a couple of clips of it last night, cause I couldn't even sit through that horrible film, but they were not really intimate with each other as much as they were all out for the same kind of good time. Whereas women's friendships show an intimacy and a knowledge of each other and a giving to each other that is just not, it's just not in male yeah. films. And so I went of course to see who wrote this and it's written of course by four women. Yay. Okay, Susanna Fogel, Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, Katie Silverman. And I could just see the four of them writing it together. I mean, it's rare that you see four authors of a film like this. Usually you see one or two or a couple or whatever. But I just want to say a moment to celebrate. I think the thing to focus on, and we, you know, at Screen Thoughts, we're all about women in film. 
the thing to focus on is show me a, a male male film now where you will see it is in um, war films. And that made me so sad that the true yeah. intimacy of friendship doesn't really come out in my mind in film anyway with guys unless they're being shot and killed. And usually one of the two friends who have been intimate with each other and had a really close friendship definitely dies. <laughs> so. Right. No, and I'm sitting here trying to think of a movie that right. tries to portray these male friendships and nothing really is coming to mind, but I did notice that one of the, um, well, two of the producers on this movie were Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, who did Step Brothers. Yeah. So that was sort of a movie where they were trying to bring together, it didn't start with a male friendship, but they tried to develop that sort of as it Still not went along. The same, it's not, no, yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same supportive I'll give up for you either. You know, one of the things I loved about their friendship is their use of the word Malala. And of course that comes mm-hmm. from the... I loved that. I thought that was... Yeah. That was and you know where it cool. comes from? From Malala. Of course. And who's Malala? The woman who was... Well, she's a Nobel person. laureate. She was, yeah, but yeah, she, she was, was shot by the sto- Taliban. Oh, that's stone. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. She was shot by the Taliban. Her father really wrote this best-selling book that sort of, you know, illuminated that. But she didn't back down. You know, she wanted to be educated and she was brave and forthright. So Malala was their code word for, if I use the word Malala, you have to do what I want, even if you don't want to, because I really need to do it. It's compelling me it's urgent it's I love the idea of doing a code word like that and I have a best friend from college Lori and I'm going to tell her we're going to use the word Malala sometimes she'll say to me do you need me to come out there and she lives in Nebraska in the panhandle so I want you to know that's a really good friend because to get from the panhandle of Nebraska to New York is not so easy but I'm going to tell her we're going to start using the code word Malala I I had the exact same thought my friends and I have sort of uh, my closest friends were all in New York and we have sort of that unspoken rule of if you know when someone really wants you to do something or go something you do it but now I'm going to go to say the same thing I'm going to say we're going to have this code word and we we come up with code words every now and then you know if we have to escape a situation I love that the code word was such amazingly you know powerful woman who really knows how to fight i loved it okay best quote for me was i'm incredible at hand jobs but also got a 1560 on my sats and the reason that was the best quote for me is because to me that's like salt and pepper those two things definitely do not go along which goes to your point originally that you know this was a was also to sort of get rid of stereotypes in terms of how we approach people etc and that is such a good line around that but Billy Lord, who was in this movie, it turns out she was so good that Olivia Wilde, the director, added scenes to put her in because she felt she was so compelling. And I did think she was this comic relief almost, but not funny haha where you start laughing, but you, she was mesmerized on the screen. She did a great job. I, you took the words out of my mouth. I thought she was one of the best characters. And do you know whose daughter she is? Carrie Fisher and granddaughter of Debbie Reynolds. Oh, I didn't so know she that, has actually. the yeah. star power, star power in her. And I thought it she came. She would have to be the granddaughter of Oscar Wilde. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I thought it came. Uh, I thought she just like blew right onto the scene. And uh, I thought she was one of, really, one of the best parts of the movie. Well, her performance was actually more raw than her mother. Her mother was a great actor, but I'm not sure she had performances that were right out of that. Did the performance remind you of anybody? I thought she sort... No, I don't know. The character reminded me of Kate Hudson in Almost Famous. Like a groupie that was sort of showed up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 
I just felt like, gosh, and Kate Hudson, that was her first role. And I remember seeing Kate Hudson in Almost Famous and not knowing she was Goldie Hawn's daughter, but thinking I've seen that face somewhere before. And of course, later on, she was actually nominated for an Academy Award for that first time performance. And I think if this were a different movie, because it's not going to be on the award circuit and it's way too early in the year anyway. But I think I think that was a really amazing performance by her. I think you bring up a sort of a good point that she was not obviously one of the main characters, but did really shine through the movie. And I think that they, in a very exaggerated way, did have characters that were supposed to sort of show the different types of people you find in a high school. They really exaggerated them, but there was the nerd, there was the mean girl, there was the stoner guy, there was the jock. And I think they did a really good job of picking people that even though they only had a couple lines or scenes in the movie... They really sort of shone through. Yeah. So uh, it's a box office smash. Everybody's talking about it. I, of course, I think it was just beyond my age limit. You know, it's like I just couldn't quite get there. But I'm glad I saw it. And I'm glad that there are going to be more and more films written by women, for women, that showcase the extraordinary ability of girls and women to be friends. And especially because in business, we haven't quite gotten there yet. In business, championing other women is almost hard. It just doesn't seem to be happening as much as it should. But in friendships in the life that we're all used to, like home and school and those kinds of things, boy, I'll I'll take our gender over anybody else's any day. I think this was a really good start in having women sort of be at the forefront of these movies, and I hope we see a lot more of them. I do, too. Yeah. So was, I thought it was fun. Was okay. Fun. But I'm not sure. Next time I'm picking the movie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is payback for Fences, by the way. Two years ago, I still haven't forgiven her. <laughs> Fences was a great film. It was a little about. much. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for being here thanks with us Thanks for having today. me. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, I do want to give a shout out. I saw an early preview of Late Night. Have you heard about that film? Um, with uh, Mindy Kaling and Mindy, Emma Thompson. Right, Mindy I'm Kaling. Dying to see it. And yeah, and I, you have to see it. Now, here's the thing Mindy Kaling wrote the film based on her experience of being a quote Indian writer on the staff of The Office. And the first 10 minutes, I thought I was sitting in a film where I was never going to stop laughing and I might have to choke or leave to take a break. I just couldn't catch my breath. It was so funny, and everything led to the next thing. Bam, bam. It was just brilliant. Okay. And then she couldn't sustain it. You know, now it's her first film that she's written. So I have high hopes that she will take over for Nancy Myers in a different way and be another Nancy Myers where film after film after film will be films that people look forward to seeing and they can't wait for them to come out. She is a great writer because she's a great observer of that which is happening around her. Her comedic timing is perfect. Emma Thompson's comedic timing is perfect. But after a while, it became a little stale and not so funny, and it was repetitive a bit, and I don't think scene by scene by scene, they quite got there. Now, it's getting touted. You know, I'm, I'm one of the few reviewers that are not, it did not love it, love it, love it. I loved so many parts of it. And again, it's one of those films where you're talking about two generations of women who are going to get together to support each other in the end in an interesting and, and compelling way. And also written by Mindy Kaling. It was directed by Nisha Ganatra, okay? 
And then Emma had signed on when she first heard that it was going to happen at all. John Lithgow plays Emma's husband. And it's a role that calls for him to be upset and and actually devastated. And he has such breadth as an actor. I really love to see him on the screen. So I highly recommend everybody going to it. And I will also say that Mindy is bold. She's a bold, she's out there. She's bold the way Amy Schumer's bold, but without quite as much uh, sloppy across the face in ways you might not want to know about, like, you know, she doesn't she doesn't pour ice cold water on your head with sexual things that sometimes yeah, she's a little go. softer. She is softer, yeah, softer, but very very funny. And I've seen a couple of interviews with her, and I can't recommend it more. But I also you're going to be disappointed as I was if you don't recognize that there's no way you could sustain the first ten minutes throughout the rest of the film. And the message is really clear. The message is about ageism and how. We are trying to find what is the new place in this this young world that, you know, women over the age of 50, how do we find our place in that young world, but still maintain what matters to us? And Emma Thompson struggles with her intellect versus engaging and entertaining, which we at our company spend a lot of time trying to make sure we engage and entertain. So I highly recommend it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Are you going to go? I'm going to go. Okay. You can expense it if you go. Excellent. Okay. I I hope everybody has a great week and thanks for listening.